the best piece of advice is that weddings can be anything you want. And like I say that, they really can. The only thing that's legally required is that you've got a, I guess, a Commonwealth certified celebrant or a, a f- officiant to make it official. But the rest is up to you. Hi, and welcome to the Unveiled podcast, debunking wedding planning all the way to I do. As a photographer and videographer in the industry, we're asked daily as to where to start when it comes to planning your big day. So allow us to help you make the planning process as seamless as possible. Consider Unveiled your little black book of weddings, packed full of insight from industry experts, do's and don'ts from couples who have tied the knot, plus an abundance of info on your most requested topics. I'm Lucy, founder and wedding photographer at Lucy Weddings, and I'm here with wedding videographer and my soon-to-be husband, Eddie Blake. G'day, Luce. On today's episode, we'll be chatting with one of the co-founders of Wedding Marketplace, Wedshed. If there's anyone that knows anything about weddings, it's Mel and Amy. In case you guys have been living under a rock, Wedshed is an online marketplace connecting engaged folk with unique venues and supremely talented vendors across Australia, New Zealand and Indonesia. It's a go-to resource for couples that care about making their wedding day a reflection of who they are as both individuals and as a partnership. We'd love to welcome beautiful Amy. Hey, Luz. How are you going? Good, love. How are you? I'm good. Congratulations on your happy news. Oh, thank you. We're very, very stoked. Thanks so much for um, jumping on here. We're so excited to have you. Oh, thank you so much for having us. I'm, I'm really excited to chat. I think it's awesome that you guys are doing this. Yeah. We're excited. Let's kick it off. So we're going to ask about your wedding, first of all. So take us back to that and how did you go about sourcing your vendors and where was it? Yeah, we got married in Mudgee in the central west region of New South Wales on a private property out there. Um, and we'd, we'd long been fans of the area. It's so beautiful and it's wine country. So what's not to love really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and knew that was the place for us, but we didn't actually have a venue in mind. Um, what we did was we just drove around, spotted a big hay shed in a paddock from the roadside and then wandered slash trespassed onto the farm, found the farmer <laughs> who was in his garden and was like, not unsurprisingly a bit confused about what we were doing. <laughs> and we just asked if he'd be open to us renting out the shed Um, and so we left our phone numbers and said give it a few days to chat to your family and just give us a buzz afterwards and they gave us a green light and we were so um, incredibly lucky because they were the most lovely generous people and really helped us out out there but the whole exercise was a massive undertaking because there was nothing on site except for a water tank that was probably only like half full anyway so (laughs) for for context it took a team of two of a, took a full team of people two full days to lay a floor in the shed okay and you know that's something that we had definitely not budgeted for um you know the things that you sort of take for granted like floors and um you know weatherproofing lighting power all that yeah. sort of stuff it was a bit of a, a rude shock so we learned a lot about diy weddings in the process <laughs> Um, and when it came to sourcing vendors for it, I, I guess I had a several folk on the radar whose work that we loved from the process of starting up Wedshed. The platform wasn't live as yet because I got married in January 2015 and we launched Wedshed a little later that year. But for I guess for us, one of the factors which impacted who we chose, which will be a really familiar story for most couples, was the balancing act of engaging vendors whose work you love but also fit into your budget. Yeah. So mm. it's, you know, that's kind of... 
a, a tricky thing sometimes. And we also looked locally where possible too. So everything that we needed to bring in, like the flooring, the furniture, um, the rigging, lighting, all that sort of stuff was sourced from local companies along with our caterer. And we had the local Country Women's Association make slices and baked goods for us rather than a cake so, so that we could support awesome. the community a little bit that way too. And what about uh, guests? Do they just stay out there accommodation-wise? Out Mudgee, did they make the trip for the for the weekend? Or yeah, yeah, that was probably the thing that really made it for us. Um, I'm a massive fan of a destination wedding, so it yeah, all of our guests they made the trip out there. Um, a lot of them were travelling sort of from either New South Wales or interstate as well, and we made it a we did it over the Australia Day long weekend, so it was hot in January in the country but it was amazing because we were able to do stuff before the actual wedding day but then also afterwards which gives you that much more time to actually catch up with your guests and you don't feel as pressured on the day to try and do the rounds and see everybody which I know is you know can be quite overwhelming when you're in that moment Mm. yeah that's a big job Ames were you at any point you know for guests who are planning to do a bit more of a DIY job what got you through those moments of like, oh my gosh, are we in over our head right now? Like building floors, that's that's a big job in itself. Yeah. Look, I think naivety got us through. <laughs> um, and also being on that train as well. Like once you sort of start and I guess we'd sort of gotten quite far in before we realised some of the stuff that was going to pop up, you kind of just have to roll with it. But also... Um, I want to say that I'm like an organized person, but that would be a flat out lie. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd love to say that I had a really like sharp spreadsheet to refer to, but I actually looked at it because I've got um, some mates getting married now and they wanted to sort of see my spready. We've we've since done an amazing one for Wedshed, which like took us months in the making and I wish that I'd had it for my own wedding. But yeah, it just, I think um, a bit of like naivety, relying on friends and family a lot so we we had a lot of help and we weren't afraid to ask for it and to kind of delegate it in a nice way and obviously we you know we were helping people in terms of like accommodation and feeding them and boozing them and stuff like that so Mm. trying to be as generous as we could be so that they were as generous as they could be with us as well um all comes out in the wash yeah exactly it does so yeah, relying on mates and um, kind of also just also trusting your vendors. So that's, I've sort of said that last, but really that was probably the main thing that we did well was engage professionals to do a good job. And that just meant that we could stress so much less because we knew that we were in good hands the whole way through. Nice. And looking back, is there anything that you would have done differently on the day? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I feel, I feel like. I, you know, I'm a last minute kind of person, but I wish that I'd put a hard deadline on myself to get certain things done. So like I finished my vows the day before I wrote my wedding speech the morning of the wedding. I wrote cards to my bridesmaids the morning of the wedding and we're still putting together playlists that morning too. It sounds like, like something I'll do. Yeah. Yeah. Please, please learn. Don't do what I did. <laughs> um, also, I was kind of hungover too, so that didn't help. So I probably would have not gotten as boozed as I did the day before the yeah. wedding as I did. It's so um, hard we, when all your guests turn up the day before and you're at the pub. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, you get so excited. And, I mean, we hired a massive school-style bus and did a wine tour the day before the wedding. Oh, no like, wonder you are hungover. <laughs> and then we kicked on into, like, yeah, sort of a small bar pub that night. And, we've yeah, like one of our 
mates ended up getting arrested because he was walking through the street naked. Oh, and that's other awesome. people went to like a local's house party. So it, it just got a bit out of control. Um, <laughs> that's so good. So, At least it would yeah, have settled the like, nerves a little bit wedding day. Oh, definitely. Well, yeah, I feel about I felt a bit sorry for my makeup artist because I think she probably got there and look, took one look at my bloodshot eyes in the dark circles and was like, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> but um, that was, you know, so maybe I would have eased off a little bit, but, you know, maybe in reality, probably not. Um, I would have booked a videographer and I'm not just saying this because you're a shit hot videographer, Eddie, but I truly, <laughs> I, I truly that. wish, I truly wish I'd done that. Um, I guess I'm in a unique position because we're exposed to wedding videos every day, which means I get to see just how amazing film is at capturing the essence of the day mm. in a way that's quite different to photos as well. And so, yeah, I wish, like, I mean, we were already well and I, like above, over and above what we wanted to spend on the wedding, but I wish I'd known that then, like what I know now, so that I could have adjusted perhaps another service to have put some funds toward video as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and just also spending more time with family. The day goes so quickly that I think you really need to make a conscious effort to not only spend, like, make that that time to come together as a partnership but also to spend the time with, like, your close loved ones. So I wish I'd, I wish I'd gotten more photos with my mum. So yeah. there, there are some things that I wish I'd done a bit differently. Yeah, all very good advice, I think. Yeah. And so tell us about Wedshed. How did, how did this all come about? So Wedshed came about... Um, in I guess the idea came to us in like maybe 2012 or something we were living Mel my business partner and best friend and I we were living in London and one of our girlfriends the first in like our sort of close girl crew got engaged and was planning her wedding and her venue fell through and so we were tasked being overseas to you know jump online and try and help her find somewhere else new and we thought that like that would be a piece of cake but we just couldn't find ourselves represented in any of the other online directories that existed at the time. Mm. There was a lot of stereotypical sexist stuff that was sort of going on that presumed that only brides planned weddings. Um, and I mean, there still is a lot of that, to be honest. And that all women had this childhood dream of getting married and like, you know, that we busted out of the womb, just like wanting to cut <laughs> a 10 tier cake or something. <laughs> Put um, a wedding dress on. Yeah, exactly. Like we we were born to wear chul or something like that. And I mean, we certainly didn't feel that way. We weren't wedding obsessed or like we'd never held visions for any like perfect day by any stretch either. So we we just sort of thought, oh, like, is this what there is out there? And we knew that we were on that path our, ourselves because we'd been with our partners, you know, for, for many years beforehand. And we discussed that we, we did want to get married. Um, so at, at, also at the time, We'd been traveling around a lot using Airbnbs and so we could see the value in, I guess, the share economy and sort of platforms that were bringing together spaces for people to rent for mm. holidays. Um, but we couldn't see that in the event space so much. And the other thing was that we had grown up spending time on family farms as well. So we could we also recognized that there were plenty of underutilized and capitalized spaces that were just sitting pretty on land that might be used, yes, you know, a month yeah. a year for shearing or whatever it might have been. So that that all sort of I guess came to twig an idea that like why is there no Airbnb for wedding venues? Mm. And that's that's kind of where we started with a directory that was focused on venues. Um and but that sort of seemed to be the, the the easiest place to begin. But with the plan, it sort of has evolved over time to build the platform into more of a one-stop wedding planning shop, which is the path that we're on now. So 
the platform that you see today, we we have venues listed, we have vendors listed, so vendors being the full um, suite of all the different businesses like, you know, the photographers, the videographers, the caterers, hair and makeup artists, everyone that yeah. helps to come bring the wedding together. But we're also about to give the platform a massive overhaul and a facelift or I suppose I should say it's like it's more of like a facial reconstruction. It's going to be completely different <laughs> um, and start developing a, a beautiful wedding registry to help making help make asking for money less awkward and also allow your guests to gift you services like dog sitting or making a cake for your wedding or helping you turf your lawn or whatever it might be that you Amazing. need. So yeah. that's kind of a, a future thing for us is like a bit of an air task that meets a wedding registry. And um, we're about to launch a wedding planning masterclass that shares everything that you could possibly need to know about planning your wedding because we just realised along the way that checklists are really helpful, but that's kind of, you know, only like 5% of the, the job. Like it's all well to know what you need to do, but then you also need to make decisions around mm. that task and like know how to make those decisions and how to go about it. Amazing. So, yeah, that's kind of where we have come from and where we're going that's so good Ames you guys are filling in so many gaps that I, I don't think people really realize there is until you start planning your wedding thank you I feel like that's I mean that's kind of the lens that we've always had on was we what would we want if we were going through this process again having been through it um, and that's kind of the the approach we always try and take to everything we do Amazing. I, I was going to, I was going to ask you, so I guess this is probably um, going to work with sort of where Wedgehead's going. So what's the process with um, like when couples kind of land on the Wedgehead homepage, what's your guys um, like involvement with couples? Do they email you and you sort of point them in the right direction and set them up with a flow of what they're looking for? Or do you kind of let them do their thing? How does it work? We're really a discovery tool. So couples will land on our homepage and then they'll start, they can use the directory to start searching using different parameters for whatever they're really after in whatever region and whatever style. So they might, if they're looking for like, say, a venue that's on the coast in New South Wales, they can go and do that. And then from there, we really sort of facilitate the, like the connection or the discovery process by having this directory, but we're not actually involved hands-on in any of the planning. So couples would then go take a look, um, jump into the, the I guess, the different businesses that pique their interests and either reach out directly through Wedgehead or they might click through to their own, to the, you know, the business's own website or Instagram, for example, and do a bit more digging and then reach out there. And so that's kind of where we, um, at this current point in time, that's kind of where we sort of step out of the picture and that's sort of our job done is like bringing, make, facilitating that introduction in, in sort of a discovery space yeah um but in the in the future we'll be a bit more hands-on and have more sort of a, a back-end tool set for couples to use to to sort of communicate within the platform as well yeah awesome yeah nice and uh what i love about the wedge shed is that you're not just a directory but you're almost like a voice for the industry i know that especially when covid hit like you guys were um, you know, putting updates out there about what are the restrictions with weddings and what and are the things best like videos forward. ever. Yeah, we always laugh at your videos. Your videos. Actually. We actually went back on them this morning. We were just watching videos of you and Mel. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. But, uh, no, it's, it's the so best. Good. But um, <laughs> the best. You, you get so much engagement on those sorts of things. But uh, is it hard to manage and stay on top of that? Like, how do you guys actually manage all that? 
Oh, thank you. That's so kind. Um, look, I guess at our core, we're a two-sided platform in that we work with venues and vendors to help them be discovered by couples, but we also work with the couples to help them discover those venues and vendors. So it feels like to us it kind of comes with the territory that we're trying to help both of these stakeholders out equally. Um, and, I mean, during COVID, like our industry, I don't need to talk to you about this, but like it, it, we got smashed. Yeah. And so the only thing that we felt we could really do was to try and be of service and like help both parties get through it, knowing that, you know, it, it, on the other side of it, it's going to be gangbusters and the weddings will turn back on and, and um, you know, hopefully we'll have made that process that's really heartbreaking and difficult for so many couples and also businesses just that little bit easier so we really invest a lot of energy into trying to lift the lid on what goes on behind the scenes in the industry and I mean I'll speak for myself I generally had no idea how huge an undertaking taking so much of the work that is that goes into weddings like on the vendor side it's never just about turning up on the day to do an eight-hour job there's so much liaison and prep beforehand and for vendors like photographers and videographers and celebrants like you guys you know there's work to do after the day as well so and like how would you know that as a couple that's coming into this fresh so i mean for most of us it's our first rodeo so to speak and you've never planned a wedding before so it's a huge learning curve and i guess the way that we look at it is that whatever support we can give to the industry that's going to be good for couples and vice versa and the more transparent we can make things that's related to the wedding industry and the wedding planning process the more aligned and on the same page both sides will be, which makes the relationships between industry and couples that much better as you've got that mutual understanding um, and trust that that just helps things go more smoothly. Yeah. Definitely. Well, on... we, we love what, what you're doing at Wedgehead. <laughs> yeah. We're Thank number you. one we, fans. <laughs> we have a lot of fun. We, lo- we, we just genuinely love the industry. And it's so funny because, I mean, we had never worked in the wedding space beforehand and you don't know what, this like you know we sort of get, got into it not knowing is it going to be really clicky is it going to be like mm. you know maths or like you what you see on reality tv or anything like that <laughs> it is a and bit like that <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like it i feel like it's the biggest bunch of legends and i think that's like something that's i don't know it's nice for couples to know that as well it's you know the industry at least the side of the industry that we all work in is filled with like full like genuine creative artists that really care about what they do and they're very passionate about it so it's yeah it's it's awesome we love what we do yeah definitely on that Ames um what what are the shifts and trends you guys have noticed have been the biggest in the last sort of I don't know 15 months I'd say that we're definitely seeing um, a rise in more non-traditional wedding parties. So like once upon a time, you know, you'd have equal number bridesmaids, equal number groomsmen, and that's not even accounting for same-sex weddings as well. Um, but we're seeing more couples buck this and have, you know, mismatched gendered parties and mismatched numbered wedding parties as well, which we love because it's more reflective of the relationships that you actually have in real life. And you shouldn't be trying to squeeze your relationships into like a box or like even Stevens just for the sake of like having at the same number of people standing on either side of you for photo's sake or anything like that. Agreed. That Um, works so so well with the way my head works. I'd, I'd, I prefer jumbling everyone up rather than it all being a straight pretty line. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, you don't, you're not, you don't need, um, like as a photographer, Luce and I, you don't need 
even numbers on either side nah. to take photos. Like, uh, so it's yeah, it's good that that that. Yeah, trend, I agree with that point. Shift. That's yeah. a good one. No, and... totally. And that, like, there are a lot of couples that do contact us that are that sort of have, you know, it stressed them out as well. What do we do? You know, I have this many, like, sort of bridesmaids or you know people in my life that I want on my side. My husband or my girlfriend has this many, um, and you know, we're always just like. Don't even Doesn't like matter. just let, let's just put the phone down. Let's not think about. Don't even stress about it. Just do exactly what you were thinking of doing, which is you know having uneven numbers. There's no point even stressing about it because mm. it's just way more genuine. And no one in your audience, like none of your guests, are going to notice or care. Or uh, yeah, it's just yeah. I think like it's sort of a rule. You should just do whatever actually reflects who you guys are. But in terms of other trends and shifts, we've definitely noticed um, more non-bridal fashion as well, which is quite nice. Mm. So like more coloured dresses and pantsuits and more mini dresses and just more of a reflection of personal style, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we've noticed more local moons. We're, we're sort of coining the word. But like obviously we can't go overseas right now. And, you know, overseas travel is pretty questionable for the future anyway at least foreseeably so we're seeing more couples exploring their own backyard yeah. which is really cool yeah um definitely more full weekend experiences still so like the the destination the rise of the destination wedding where you sort of go away and make a full weekend of it that's that's not going anywhere and in fact i'd say that we probably expect it to intensify as couples will make their wedding a reason to gather their loved ones that they might not have been able to see particularly the interstate ones but on the flip side of that, we're definitely seeing more small and intimate weddings as well um, and more elopements that have either been born off the back of necessity because of COVID restrictions or couples have sort of taken this opportunity in this moment in time to reassess what's important to them and they've decided, actually, I'm not going to um, invest in a huge, massive day. I might just pull it back a little bit and um, do something that's a bit more intimate and, re and personal. Yeah, that's been a big one. Yeah. That yeah. Is that what you guys have noticed? Yeah, definitely the reassessment of um, what truly matters and what I think people just like really having a think about what they want their day to be for them rather than mm. what they think their day should look like for others and, you know, even family input. I think people are sort of going, no, 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 it's, a, it's our day. Um, you know, yeah. you guys have got to kind of – understand what we want yeah I totally agree with that I think that it's it's just you know it's it's kind of COVID's obviously been really hard and a very difficult thing for so many couples to navigate and like I take my hat off to anyone that's planning a wedding right now as if you know wedding planning isn't already fraught with a little bit of stress and uncertainty things are just so much more heightened now yeah. but I think that if you can try and take a silver lining from it it's allowing more couples the opportunity to just to get a bit more reflective and a bit more personal and I, I think that as you're saying Luz that also translates into feeling a bit less um, apologetic about doing things their own way as well yeah yeah so since Wedgehead began you guys have seen received multiple awards uh, but nowadays there seems to be uh, a fair few directories popping up so how do you guys go about staying relevant and front of mind for couples? Look I think I think legacy helps um, having built trust really helps but really there's no secret other than just genuinely giving a really big shit about couples going through the wedding planning journey. I think, I mean, we know how much of a big life moment getting married is and how much of an investment it is in terms of the time, energy, 
the emotions and the money. Um, and so we've been through it and we're still very much in touch with those emotions that couples are going through as they navigate their wedding planning. So that, I guess that probably helps. And we just, I guess the other thing is we, we try and listen a lot and we ask questions and kind of let that guide whatever we're doing as well. So that's probably hopefully how we remain relevant. Yeah. I don't know. I hope that's, I hope yeah, that's it does. like I th- how. I might actually jump in and say one thing that I noticed that you guys do, which I love is that you guys, all the people that, sign up or the vendors that sign up to be on Wedgehead, you actually screen them all and you're not just chucking any anyone on there. You know, they've got to kind of fit the mould of what you guys are putting out there. So I think that creates a really good group of vendors that you're then giving out to couples. Yeah, thank you. I, yeah, I mean, that's been a big thing for us and I guess that's where we sort of touching back on what I was initially saying when we first started looking for a wedding venue for our girlfriend who was getting married the directories that were out there, a lot of them were, it was sort of whoever was willing to pay mm. got to play. Mm. And we have always thought, well, you know, that that is for one, exhausting having to go through a whole bunch of stuff that didn't reflect the kind of wedding that we wanted to have. And so, yeah, having a curated bunch of people and like we've always got our filter on, the, the people that we um, partner with on Wedshed, the, the main well, I guess the kind of the filter that we use is would we work with these people or get married at this property for our own weddings? And if we if we if the answers are no, then it's sadly a no for the platform. Mm. But I think that sort of helps create that trust, as yeah. you're saying. And it only strengthens your brand. But in saying yeah. that, from a from someone who is now a bride planning their wedding. The thing I love about you guys is exactly that. Like there's people behind your brand. Like you're very, I know we just laughed about your videos, but like I love (laughs) that I can go on there and I know exactly who is created and who is behind the wedge head. And it makes me feel, I don't know, just a bit more nurtured and a bit more, it breaks down that trust and that makes it a little bit more personable rather than me just looking at something that, you know, it's telling me which way to look or which way to go or who to book. It just, it's nice knowing the faces behind it and, you know, your personalities. So I think that that's really nice too. Oh, that's, that's great to hear. I love hearing that feedback because we sometimes feel like massive dickheads. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep doing Rep it, Ames. <laughs> we love it. I'm with you though. I feel like, you know, it's uh, the brands that I'm drawn to are the ones that have a human side to them where you actually can see that it's, you know, it's, it's not just an automation that's working behind the scenes. So yeah, I think, you know, and we, we're always there to, for, and we try and invite as couples to reach out to us through the DMs anytime as well. And we, you know, we try, we do our very best to field back to every single person that contacts us. So you do a great job. Yeah. It's, it's just like, we really enjoy it. Honestly, we do. Yeah. Well, it's when it's the love that leads it, it always makes it easier. Yeah, it's yeah. very true. Yeah. So what's, um, from your guys' perspective, what's the first thing couples should think about when they're kind of looking to select their venue? So the first thing that you probably want to do is is just really think about the style of wedding that you want. So whether that's somewhere local for convenience or whether you're thinking of somewhere getting away like to a destination where you can make a full weekend out of it. Um, also thinking like do you want it to be in the ocean, near the ocean or in the country or are you more like an urban warehouse or gallery style vibe? 
it's I think spending some time thinking about the overall feel of the wedding and the physical environment that you want to be in is a great place to start. But then following this, it's it's probably going straight to numbers, which isn't very sexy, but it's sort of essential. And when I say numbers, I'm thinking, you know, two types of numbers. Firstly, your guest numbers, um, which, you know, a bit of chicken and egg here because the venue you choose might dictate the number of guests that you can have. But if you have a certain limitation or like a minimum amount of guests that you require to be housed in your venue, then that's definitely going to shortlist the venues that you can look at. So it's helpful to kind of have a rough idea of that in your head Um, and also budget. But that's also a little bit tricky because you need to keep in mind that sometimes the more expensive the venue, the more stuff that it includes Mm. that you might have otherwise needed to hire in for a blank canvas space. So it can end up even, which is kind of the experience that I've had in my own wedding. You know, we sort of got our hay shed for a steal but then we completely had to basically renovate it into a functional space so you just sort of need to weigh up the costs there um we do have like a venue comparison tool in a, a worksheet that we have on Wedshed, which also helps that's but, great that's a great yeah, tool to offer yeah look it's again it was something that i wish that i'd had for my own wedding so yeah I think like when it comes to selecting a venue it's the style of wedding you're after the number of guests roughly you think and also your budget are probably the first things that you should think about yeah well when we're talking about numbers as well I mean you guys just posted an awesome post um I think last night on your the guest list and having to do that yeah that is such a tricky thing it's it's honestly one of the trickiest parts of planning the wedding have you guys found it for your own wedding yeah <laughs> well between us <laughs> we have <laughs> between us we have eddie who probably angel eddie who would love to have or he'd he'd make a reason for most people to be there whereas me i'm like mm, haven't seen them in ages nope <laughs> yeah <laughs> You guys are obviously going to, you're going to balance each other well when it comes to this exercise then. But you're right in saying that, you know, choosing your venue, like our venue helped us with our guest list because, mm. you know, we knew that we could only have a certain amount and mm. we had to really, we had to bring that down. It was super hard. Like it's really, really hard. It's a tough thing to have to do, but it's just the way it works. Yeah, it is. It's really tough. And I think like the, there are things that make it even harder. So, for example, if you've got any parents that are kindly chipping in financially, then sometimes that can come with expectations that some of their friends might be added to your guest list as well. So not to mention, you know, I guess in that instance, we always just recommend a really open conversation with the folks. But I think it's also like when you're thinking about your guest list, realistically, the the fewer guests you have, the more affordable your wedding's going to be which you never want to think about your friends and family as like, you know, dollars on a spreadsheet. But there comes a point where if your guest list is spiralling out of control, you kind of really do, it can help sometimes to sort of attribute costs. And then it's amazing how brutal you can suddenly become (laughs) when it comes to cutting your guest list down, knowing, you know, like, as you say, how much it costs as well and yeah. how frequently you might have seen someone too. And I think people understand these days, you know, if you're having these large weddings, it can be quite overwhelming at times because you feel like you've got to get around and say good day to everyone. So there is a lot of benefit to, to limiting those numbers as well. Yeah, and not Fred, whose mum's, uncle's, cousin's, nephew's, 
a sister. <laughs> oh, it's like, yeah, I don't know totally. you. <laughs> no, exactly. You, you spend the whole time saying hello to everyone and then all of a sudden it's time to say goodbye to everyone. Yeah. And so you've, you've really got to be careful about it. I mean, we definitely advocate for not feeling like even if you're not doing a destination wedding and you're having like a you know a one day event or like a one night event we advocate for not having not putting the pressure on yourself to having to go and do those rounds yeah. because that's literally will be all consuming and you'll spend your entire time trying to have conversations with people when really you should like well this is our perspective anyway it, I, I think it's nicer just to enjoy yourself sit back obviously get around to people and talk to people, but allow them to come to you as well. Yeah. And don't put that pressure on yourself because your guests are going to understand that like that they're not going to get a 20 minute, you know, deep and meaningful with you <laughs> at your wedding. That's not the time for it. Like just don't sort of put too much pressure on yourself to spend quality time with everyone. You know, the, the cost of that the is that you don't it, get to yeah. sit down. Yeah. The expense of being able to sit down and spend time with your really close yeah. friends and family or eat or like actually enjoy the things that you put your, you know, time and money into like your cocktails or your canapes or whatever, because it, the time just goes so quickly. Yeah. Agreed. And so how far in advance do you think couples should be looking to select their venues? Look, I think... And their vendors. And oh, vendor, and the vendors, really. yeah. Yeah. Booking the venue, that should really... It's, it's typically the first cab off the ranks, so we recommend as early as possible. Um, I mean, COVID has meant that a lot of venues and vendors have quite full calendars right now as the dealing with postponed weddings from 2020. And, you know, sadly right now with this, we're in July right now, um, this lockdown as well. So we'd recommend not leaving it too long before locking in a venue if you're looking to get married within the next 18 months. But that said, like, I don't want to panic anyone. There's often, um, you know, new venues that are popping up. Um, there are often winter dates that are available. And also weekdays are becoming a more common thing for people to get married on like a Thursday or Friday as well. So if you're dead set on getting married in a particular season, then... Um, there's there's generally ways to go about it, but yeah, it's sort of I guess it's sort of first cabs off the rank venue and then photographer. Um, it really comes down to also what's most important to you in terms of the order of the vendors that you would book into. So if you like know that you want to have a particular um, wedding band or like uh, the food is super important to you, then spend the time researching and locking in those vendors before the ones that are still important but not as essential to you or like you know you you won't be devastated if you don't get your first or second choice yeah yep good advice and the um i noticed that you guys jumped into the new zealand market as well with wedshed is that right we did, yeah. We've got some venues over there and some vendors too, and not as many as we would like. That's definitely like a focus for us moving forward. But yeah, COVID's kind of nipped that effort in the in the bud for a little bit. So before COVID came along and ruined everything, overseas weddings were a growing trend. Have you got any advice out there for future couples that are potentially looking to have an overseas wedding as opposed to one here on home soil? I think if you're thinking about booking an overseas wedding, that's amazing. Um, and uh, like I, I, as a guest, would love to go and attend that. <laughs> <laughs> Please put me on the list. Straight to Italy. <laughs> hint, hint. You yeah. may not know me, but I'm really, I'm a good time. And I, <laughs> um, 
no, I think I, the things that you sort of really need to think about is it comes down to you knowing your your family and friends as well and how open-minded they might be as well. So, like, you know, when you're sort of thinking is it really important for you to say have your grandparents there because it may not be, you know, like an overseas wedding may not be realistic logistically um, for them that way. Or if you've got a lot of friends that have just started having children, it might be really difficult for them to get overseas if they're knowing they're going to have like four days away or something like that. So I think it's, you sort of have to come at it with your cap on of knowing your friends and family. And also once you've done that, respecting that you may not have every single person that you would love to have with you overseas but if you're okay with that then god just go for it because then you get to go away it's amazing and you can stay over there for your honeymoon and kill two birds and really like if that's what you want to do you should just do it yeah nice seems so out of reach talking about that right now doesn't it that's all of a sudden i just started thinking about italy yeah (laughs) was that something that you guys like had sort of initially thought for your own wedding We actually, we really, we loved the idea of getting married in NZ. We did a Mm. trip to the South Island not that long ago and fell in love with it and we were like, this is where we'll get married. Um, But to look at that thought, even now, I mean, all of our friends are either they've got their first or they're having their first or they've, you know, they're planning to have their first kids. So it's like, it just seems, and also exactly what you said before, Older relatives, like it meant more for us to have them there than it did for us to not. So, yeah, you know, we considered all of that and logistically and also COVID, like yeah. it's, yeah. So where we booked, we booked Seacliff and we're stoked about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's an amazing venue. Yeah. I can't wait to see your photos and your video. We're very excited. <laughs> yeah. Nice, Ames. So, uh, what's what do you think's the best bit of advice you could give to future couples out there? This is so hard because <laughs> I don't want to have go so into much simple, advice. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the best piece of advice we'd have to give is that weddings can be anything you want. And like I say that, they really can. The only thing that's legally required is that you've got a, I guess, a Commonwealth certified celebrant or a a officiant to make it official, but the rest is up to you. So it's really important to spend time carefully thinking about the stuff that, you know, means something to you versus the stuff that you should have and spend your money on those things that you actually care about versus the nice to haves. And and if you've got leftover budget after doing that, then for sure go for gold on, on those other things. But don't, I think you need to, come into your wedding process thinking objectively and and not just sort of take for granted the traditions that were quite common in the past because that's very much changing and it should even more so going forward. So really have a curated cap on and spend time with a wine with your partner thinking about what's actually going to make you happy on the day. Yeah, nice. Yeah, beautiful. Well, thanks so much for coming on today, Amy. I think the listeners would have taken a whole lot of info out of that. So thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Yes. And then lastly, so if people want to find out more about Wedgehead, where should they go? So they should head to wedgehead.com.au or you can find us on Instagram just at Wedgehead as well. They're the best places to, to find us. Even if you don't want to use the directory, just to the listeners, just go onto the Wedgehead Instagram and just watch the videos of Amy and Mel. <laughs> <laughs> you'll fall in love with them and I guarantee you'll be using the Wedgehead after yeah. that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lou. Right. Pleasure. Thanks, Amy. 
Thanks, Thanks Ames. Guys. You've been Chat amazing. It was so good to have you on. Oh, great to talk to you. Really nice to, to hear your voices. I'll speak to you soon. Likewise. Right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. We've been loving the feedback that we've been receiving so far, so keep it coming. We've got an Instagram page and a Facebook group uh, to hopefully encourage the conversation, so make sure you jump on. Thanks, guys.